In the Eastern time zone, it is Monday, so you know what that means. It's time for another Fight Talk podcast. We're going to be talking all about that MMA news. We got a little uh, recap from the past weekend's fight night. We got a big-time pay-per-view, pay-per-view, arguably what could be, uh, we look back on as pay-per-view of the fucking year a few days away, and a little bit of MMA news sprinkled in. It's jumping Johnny Mosley, as my dear close personal friend Dylan Hells will, I guess he got over, so I'm, I'm leaning into it. <laughs> uh, always thankful to be here with the man himself, Steven Jensen. Steven, we've already talked about it, but God damn it, how was your weekend? It was really good, man. Good fights, uh, good wrestling. Yeah, really, really, uh, really good weekend, man. Really enjoyed it. I had a good time at my parents' house last night. Went out there and we had some salmon and some steak. Ooh. So it was like a yeah, it was a good little uh, night just hanging out with my family and yeah, it was uh, it was a good weekend, man. How about yourself? Good man, yeah. I had a little show Friday, uh, Saturday. I got to see my dude Nolan Edward fucking put out two banger matches and then did the same Sunday uh, for for two pretty pretty damn hot promotions on the independent scene. So shout out Nolan Edward real quick, man. He's not going to listen to this because he doesn't watch MMA. But uh, uh, man, it, anytime you get to see your friends do what they do and uh, do what they love and do it well, man, it's always a good time. Uh, I just a few days away myself from big weekend over on the IWTV that I believe we have a code for Steven Jensen. Oh yeah. Hell yeah, we do code fight talk F I G H T T A L K. And yeah, it's some of the stuff that Mose was just talking about jumping Johnny Mosley. You can hear his voice on a lot of these shows. He's going to tell you about the upcoming tournament this weekend that I'm stoked for. And you can watch it for free. If you use code fight talk, boom, yeah, and uh, the match he was just talking about, you know, Nolan wrestled a few times this weekend. Awesome stuff. Highly recommend Nolan Edward versus Atticus Koger. Uh, yeah. that, that was a lot of fun. And I need to go back and watch his other match because I haven't had a chance to see it yet. But uh, you can watch that match on IWTV when it drops. Once again, use code FIGHTTALK and it'll be free to check it out. Do it. Check it out. Check out New South. Check out Action Wrestling. There's all kinds of good stuff. IWTV, five days fight talk do it all do it now do it live like we will be this weekend but uh before we get into uh this past weekend's ufc fight night of course headlined by rosenstrike and surreal gone just a couple of little nuggets uh, we picked up over on the uh you know doing some deadliest catch catch fishing got the nets out um we're gonna lead off we, we talked last week about some tough possibilities it sounds like uh, Jorge Masvidal saying he and Usman will fight for that title in September of 2021. Steven Jensen, does that sound, uh, uh, you know, a little further out or, or kind of around when you would have guessed maybe uh, this headliner to possibly be? Um, yeah, I mean, it all makes sense. I'd like to see it sooner, but I, especially if they wind up doing the ultimate fighter and all that stuff, right. you know, so not really surprising. I saw that interview that Masvidal did, and I think it was after a it was after one of the boxing fights from this past weekend. It might have been the Canelo fight. I'm not sure, but he was uh yeah. I, and once again, this is it's Masvidal saying it. So like it hasn't been like announced by the company. Right. It hasn't been you know, but it has it has been highly speculated that it is going to be them and that they could also be doing the Ultimate Fighter. So. Um, I, I think the timeline probably makes sense, and it probably is what's going to happen. Uh, if I had to bet, I would say that, that that's the scenario. We'd probably get Usman versus Masvidal in September. Yeah, big fight, no matter when they have it. Uh, you know, we've had our thoughts on that fight, but uh, I think the general consensus is it's going to sell. That'll, that'll do numbers no matter when it is, but uh, I think you're right. The possible tough news, that's plenty of time to do taping, to do you know, the live, uh, the live show at the end, probably. And then, of course, we build this probably <clears throat> to, to headline uh, one of the bigger pay-per-views number-wise of the year. So, yeah, be on the lookout for some official word. Again, like Steven said, this is, uh, this is from Masvidal himself. But I'm sure, you know, some weight to it. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll, we'll hear something a little more official this week. Uh, something else we just wanted to talk about quick. I wanted your thoughts on, bro. Dustin Poirier saying uh, over the weekend that, he expects to fight Nate Diaz at 170 um, here in the future. I mean, of course, that's, you know, again, speculation, no date anywhere near uh, 
you know, it just, um, I think he said on the Rogan show, on the Rogan podcast, but um, he said, uh, he, you know, 170 sounded like the weight class and, and the fight with Nate. Uh, thoughts on that? I love it. Why not? If you're Dustin Poirier, get paid as much as you possibly can right now. And Nate Diaz is a big fight. His, uh, you know, the only bigger fight is a trilogy with Connor. And, right. you know, I'm sure that that's going to happen either way because, especially if this happens in 170, because if Poirier goes up and he beats Nate, then, you know, he's an even bigger star and he's going to wind up getting even more money and everything that comes along with that. And then, uh, but even if he loses to Nate Diaz at 170, a trilogy with Connor at 155 is still just as appealing. And none of these fights involve the title being on the line, uh, most likely. Right. Yep. You know, Dustin himself, I thought it was really interesting when he was on Rogan because he said something like, uh, basically, Rogan was saying, well, Rogan was asking if Poirier thought that him versus Connor trilogy should be for the title. And Poirier was like, no, not really. Like, you know, I think Oliveira should be in a title fight. You know, he deserves it. You know, there's me and Connor, you know, Connor coming off the loss, like, you know, and all this stuff. So he was, he basically said Oliveira should fight someone for the title and Poirier and McGregor shouldn't be for the belt. And, but he did also say like, you know, but if Dana White comes and, you know, comes and says like, this is for the title, like he's not going to turn it down either, uh, yep. you know? No, absolutely not. No, nor should he. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I think, I think we see Connor that fight first and this sounds more like a, uh, you know, down the, down the line kind of thing. But to your point and to what kind of we keep saying, anytime we, we bring up Dustin now, I mean, those are the two biggest money fights for him. Uh, so, uh, you know, if you could line those up in some fashion. I mean, that that's legit retirement. You know, I'm, I'm going to stay home and hang out with my family kind of money for a minute. Yeah, absolutely. And, for Poirier, that's he's at his point, the point in his career where, you know, on one hand, I'm sure it's a big thing for him to like, he was the interim champion, but I'm sure that he would love to end his career with being the undisputed champion on his resume. But on the flip side of that, I think what's probably more important to him is making as much money as humanly possible for himself and his family while he's able to right now. And, you know, if that involves not fighting for the undisputed title, then I think that's what Poirier is going to do. And on top of that, stylistically, Dustin Poirier versus Nate Diaz is a really, really fun fight. So like, it's a fight that will deliver in the octagon. It's a fight that people are going to get hyped up for, and it's a fight that's going to make both of them a lot of money. So, and once again, it's a fight that has, no consequences in the 155 division because then you figure out, you know, take the belt off Habib and figure out who Oliver is going to fight for the title and like everything, get, you know, keeps moving. Yeah, let it move, let it flow, man. Uh, keep an eye out for for Dustin Poirier and what 2020 brings for him. I mean, you know, first few months, first couple months, I should say, the year you you, you beat, uh, you know, the 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 star. Um, in all of MMA right now. So uh, it's crazy to say that things could, uh, that's not the peak of the year, man. We got big things ahead uh, for Dustin Poirier. Shout out Fightful. I watched that again recently, and um, it's such a good documentary. It's really cool to see just how far Dustin's came. And really, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, not a ton of years. So um, shout out Dustin Poirier, man. Um, let's get into this fucking fight night, bro. We, Headline, of course, by heavyweight scrap, surreal gone, defeating Rosenstrike. Uh, this was one I picked Rosie to win. I think we do we both pick Rosenstrike. I can't, yeah, I did. Yeah, I know I did. I, I think my points being I thought he would come out in those first couple rounds and, and get the finish could not have been further different. You said it before I could last week, you nailed it, gone more. You know, uh, he's more chess-like, not looking for that knockout blow. He's going to be patient, and he was, man, 50-45 across all three judges' scorecards. Biggest win of his career. Uh, what does this mean for Surreal Gone, and what were your thoughts on this performance? I mean, it was a really good performance from Gone. You know, like, Rosenstrike just never really got started. Gone won all five rounds. I think it was a clear sweep uh, that 
you know, nobody would disagree with. And the whole thing going into it was kind of like you were, what you were saying, like if Rosen strike came out and was super aggressive, you know, he kind of, he kind of was to a degree. He, he wound up not really doing much throughout the fight, but I think he also kind of recognized early on what Don was doing and that he couldn't really do anything about it. And I think he might've kind of, almost leaned a little bit too much on the idea of kind of how he, you know, how he knocked out Alistair Overeem, for instance, like that was like towards the, like, like literally the last second of the fight, I think, or like within the last few seconds of the fight. And, you know, he was getting beat up before that. And I think he kind of was thinking like, okay, well, you know, things aren't going my way. I'm going to just set up for this one big shot and it just never landed. And, and gone was just, Gone was just the better fighter, and he also has the threat of the takedowns, and he has a good submission game, and he's just he's just a better athlete, you know. So just just outclassed him basically for five rounds. No, it was this was my my buddy, you know, put a little money down on Gone um, because he asked, you know, what my thoughts were there, and I said what well, we kind of been saying that if uh, if Rosie didn't get that knockout kind of quick, this could be Gone's fight. It was. Um, Big time win in the landscape of the heavyweight division, man. You know, we say every performance could get you a little closer. I don't remember. Do you remember what the line was? Like Rosie had to be a, a favorite in going into this one, right? Um, yeah, I, I would have imagined he was ranked, um, you know, quite a bit higher. Like Rosenstrike going into that fight was ranked at number four, and Gone was ranked at number seven. Wow. So, yeah, yeah I, I'd I'd imagine that Rosenstrike was the favorite going in. Yeah, I'm trying to click back. I think I found an article that was fight night odds because it feels like the the way as dominant it was, right? 50-45 across the board. Um, this is one. Let's see. Yeah, so it, it looks like um, that it, it wasn't as big of a favor as I thought, actually. So a little closer. Um, like you said, the ratings were a little closer. It just feels maybe more of kind of the fact that, you know, the only person before this past Saturday night to, to beat Rosenstrike was Francis. So... Uh, not a bad name to have your name uh, next to now. That's two L's, 11 and two for Rosie. Um, big time main event, man. I know uh, it wasn't maybe the most exciting uh, main event, but an outright huge win for Gone. Yeah, 100%. I mean, exactly that. And like, you know, now kind of the grand scheme of things for the heavyweight division, it's going to be interesting to see how things play out because I, the way that I would do it, would be so you have John Jones is going to get a title shot. Like we have to just like assume that. So yeah, John Jones at heavyweight, he's got to fight the winner of Miochik and Ngannou. Like that's got to be the next fight, I think, mm-hmm. for the heavyweight title. And then you got Derek Lewis right under that. So I think Derek Lewis should fight the loser of Miochik and Ngannou. So we either get Lewis and Miochik, which we've never got before, or we get the Lewis and Ngana rematch, which hopefully lives up to the hype this time because their first fight was so disappointing. And then right underneath that, I would say we've got, you should do Surreal Gone versus Alexander Volkov next. Because stylistically, I think that's really interesting with both of the way that they strike and uh, like their, re- their reach and range and size and everything. And they're both going to wind up being, um, they're probably going to be ranked right next to each other whenever the rankings update because... Volkov will probably be number five. Gone will probably, probably be number six. I'm guessing. So, um, so that's kind of how I would, how I kind of think the uh, the heavyweight division is kind of set up right now. Oh yeah, unfolding easily right there before our eyes, possibly. And it's it's a division that you it really feels like you're a performance or two away uh, at all times, man, for maybe being in that title run, that title contention. I know Bones, I believe he had some thoughts. I can't remember if that was this past. He tweeted right about that mm-hmm. when he does get back, that's going to be better than this. So that's the big wild card on this. We, I mean, not really much we can say because we don't really know. But, um, yeah, big time, big time stuff out of Surreal Gone. Um, this was our main event. But the fight of the night actually was a fight we have been talking about. It feels like for, for months now. Uh, Pedro Munoz getting the win over Jimmy Rivera, 30-27, 30-27, 29-28, unanimous decision, fight of the night, 50,000 to both guys. 
we got the fight, man, and it didn't disappoint. Yeah, finally. I mean, this thing had be, been rescheduled, and both guys are great fighters. This was the hardest one for me to choose as far as, like, on my predictions. Because I ultimately went with Jimmy Rivera, but I, I waffled on it multiple times. Like, I really went back and forth and really looked over both of their records. And, like, I I really thought Jimmy Rivera was going to get the win here. But Pedro Munoz, I shouldn't say really thought he was going to get the win there. I just felt like he was going to get the win there. But it was very close to make that decision. But uh, Munoz, domination. I mean, went in there, won all three rounds. Or, sorry, won two on the scorecards, won two of the three. But I think he won all three rounds. It was a really, really, um, you know, good matchup stylistically. And just Munoz, just the better fighter on that night. But it's it's another fight. Like, I'd, I'd love to see them scrap again you know maybe each of them fight someone else or maybe two people and then i could totally see them meeting again in the octagon yeah oh no anytime you get a fight of the night um yeah you're you can bring it back man let me watch that one pretty much anytime again pedro with the win but that was a fight that really really lived up i had high expectations um i was definitely into it man good stuff uh of course a lot of decisions we had a draw on this card the only finish of the night wound up being our performance of the night. So shout out Ronnie Lawrence uh, on that one in the prelims. Um, is there anything you really wanted to kind of get into? Of course, uh, you know, we talked about it obviously pre-show, but this is going to be more of a, uh, you know, talk about the 259 pay-per-view, a preview of the, the title fight. So um, we're going to kind of skim kind of into that. But uh, but anything else you really wanted to, to get your shit in on um, any of these other fights from this past weekend show? Well, I mean, Inkalayov was a good win over Krylov. Like, that's going to help him out. He's been looking really good lately. Um, you know, he has a back-to-back wins over Kudalaba, and that puts him on how many in a row now? Uh, six yeah, in a row. Yeah, 15 and one total, too, right? 15 and one career record. Yeah, so there's going to be more big things in his future. He's going to get another – he'll get, like, a top 10 guy next, I'd imagine. Yeah. Um, and because Krylov, uh, let me see where Krylov was ranked going into that fight. Krylov was at number eight, so that was a number eight guy. And, and Kalev was came in at number eleven, so beat Krylov at eight. So yeah, he'll his next fight is going to be a, probably a fairly big name, or it's going to be one of these up and comers. So yeah, uh, Inkalayev put himself in a really good spot with that win. And then uh, Alex Caceres, Bruce Leroy keeps his little run going. Yeah. So good for him. Got the unanimous decision. Uh, won all three rounds. Looked really impressive doing it. And that puts him on a four-fight win streak. And that's a guy who was really hot and cold for most of his career. Like, he'd, he'd lose some, he'd win some. Then he'd win, lose, win, lose. And now he's four in a row. So good for him. Uh, so that, that's kind of what I'd highlight uh, as far as the rest of the show. Yeah, and also real quick about Bruce Leroy. I think we said it last week in the preview. As many times as we've seen him fight, you know, 31 career fights, uh, 18 and 12, he's only 32. So, uh, yeah, four in a row for Bruce Leroy. Love to see it, man. Um, good good stuff out of this fight night card. Again, fight of the night was uh, was Rivera Munoz, Munoz. Performance of the night, Ronnie Lawrence in that prelim card, TKO in the third round. The only um, finish of the show. Yeah, absolutely. Only finish the show, and that's what you get 50k for it, my friend. Uh, the, moving on though, man, this is this is the card we've been we've had it circled for for a while now. Three title fights, uh, one champ versus champ, the other two clear number one contenders, um, at least as clear as the landscape we have right now. Um, you know, fucking Jan Blakovich, Jan Blachowicz, uh, Izzy. Israel Adesanya, that's our main event. Amanda Nunes, Megan Anderson for the women's featherweight title. Light heavyweight title, of course, main event uh, title on the line. Bantamweight title on the line, Peter Yan, Aljamain Sterling. I guess let's start at the top, man. Uh, well, it's it's you, you were on Blahovich before I was even. You were telling me about this cat, and I was still like, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, in there with Israel Adesanya, man, light heavyweight on the title, light heavyweight title on the line. Do we have a double champ, or, or does Blahovich silence? Uh, I'm not going to say critics because it's just the Izzy train right now, man. This is this is a big time name. Uh, it, it, I'm getting fucking just fired up talking about it, bro. 
Yeah, this is a really hard one for me to predict because, like you said, I have been on the Blahovich train for a while now, uh, pretty much since he fought, uh, I'd say, you know, honestly, like, he was on my radar for a minute, but when he knocked out Luke Rockhold, like, not, I, I, I expected Luke Rockhold to lose because, like, you know, he was going up to light heavyweight and all this stuff. And I just didn't think he looked very good going into the fight and he didn't look good at all in the fight. And, but like the way Blahovich knocked him out, I was like, Oh, Oh God. Like that was some, like you hit anyone with that. They're done. Then he beats Jacare and it was a really, really close fight, but like to go in there, get a decision on Jacare, like impressive. And then the way he just took out Corey Anderson and Dominic Reyes, like, I mean, I, that's, he has the kind of power, it's that Polish power he talks about where it's like, you know, if he tags you, it's, it's lights out, but it's really, really, really hard to bet against Israel Adesanya because some of these guys like Paulo Costa, Yoel Romero, Robert mm-hmm. Whitaker, you know, these are some of the best guys in the world and on top of that, these are guys that are kind of similar to Blahovich in certain senses. Like Paulo Costa, like when Paulo Costa fought Yoel Romero, you know, if that Paulo Costa was was fighting Israel Adesanya, like that, I thought it was like, going to be really dangerous for Izzy. But Izzy totally just took him to school. So you know, Yoel couldn't do anything to him. Uh, you know, he knocked out Whitaker, you know, in spectacular fashion. Like just. It's it's really like so I guess the point is I think Adesanya actually matches up really well against Blahovich. Like I think Adesanya stylistically, he's fought guys that are similar to Blahovich and he, I think he knows what to do. But once again, like Blahovich has that KO power where if he tags him, I don't think Adesanya's been hit by anybody the way that Blahovich hits. So yeah, that's the big question. Exactly right. I I I I mean the Paulo Costa, I thought if what you just said, Paulo Costa, the way he looked, I thought he could very well win that night. And Adesanya just, I mean, made it look easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Um, d- d- what does it play anything with you with the, you know, Adesanya moving up to light heavyweight? What do you, what do you expect? I mean, is it, is he going to be able to flow like he has at, at the weight we've seen him at, at a heavier weight? Is my, I guess, my big question here. Yeah, I, like I, there might be something to that and Blahovich could very well be the bigger fighter in the cage. But I mean, Adesanya has talked about how he's down to fight at heavyweight. So it's like, I don't, I, I feel like with his skill level, I don't think that, you know, I, let me put it this way. I don't think that Blahovich is going to be like 15 pounds heavier than him. He might be like, within 10 pounds heavier than him on fight night or something like that. And I don't think that 10 pound difference, I don't think is going to be that big of a deal, but, but Adesanya being, I, I mean, I'd imagine he's going to be as mobile because it isn't, it isn't like a too big of a thing. Now, if Adesanya was moving up to heavyweight, he'd have to mm-hmm. really consider this big time because he could be fighting people who were like, you know, 200 and like the prime heavyweight, like weight right now is probably like 240 or so pounds. Um, right. So, but yeah, it's interesting to think about, but as far as a prediction, man, I'm going to go, Oh God, I don't want to get off the Blahovich train. Cause I've, I've been on it and <laughs> I like, and I like riding it. Uh, but like, all right. My mind's saying Izzy, my heart is saying Blahovich and I'm going to go with my heart. So I'm going to say Jan Blahovich defeats Israel Adesanya, but, you know, I think Izzy has more ways to win. I think Izzy's game plan is going to be really good because it always is. I think that if he, you know, if he wins, it it makes it more likely that he'd fight John Jones, which is like a huge thing for the UFC if they could put that together. But like, I don't know, man, if Lahovich hits you though, and Izzy, Izzy might get a little overconfident. You know, he does kind of showboat a little bit here and there. So it's like, and I think Blahovich is, is just going to be coming there just to take his head off. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to 
And I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Blahovich. What about you? The this is one that months ago, or I guess when we heard rumors of it, and then when it was finally announced, I told my buddy that I I'm 100 taking Blahovich. Now that we're mere days away, I think I'm gonna take Adesanya because, and it's actually because of something you said that I hadn't really dove into yet. Um, but because of the the Paulo Costa fight, because I. I kind of had the same feeling about Costa that I do Blahovich and, and is he just, you know, like I said, second round finish. We all remember what happened there because of that. I'm going to go at but you, uh, you really hit it on the head there. When you were talking about the showboating, I had flashes of, of Weidman and Silva in my head. So um, I don't know if that was a like intuition or just a weird uh, kind of moment we look back on, but, um, I, I'm I'm saying Adesanya. I'm riding that train uh, mainly because the possibility of Bones uh, Izzy would be just fucking incredible. But this is one that, again, I know a lot of people are going to be expecting Adesanya to to really uh, to to wow. But I, I can't lie. You're I you know a week from now, if we're sitting here going, holy shit, bro, he knocked Izzy's head off. I'm not going to be shocked. Yeah, yeah, it's. it's... You know, as much as this fight doesn't make sense, like, <laughs> lo- you know, like logically, you know, because like, you know, we got Glover to share right there. Like, yeah, you know, like Glover and Blahovich, I think Glover. is. Yeah. And Glover Blahovich, I think, is a really good fight. And, you know, Glover just kind of getting boxed out. But I think he's going to get the winner. I, but unless there's there's just so many moving parts with Adesanya because of, you know, him maybe going back to middleweight or him maybe like legit going up to heavyweight and fighting Jones or Jones may, I don't think Jones is going to want to cut back down to light heavyweight because he looks really big right now. So like I, I, there's a lot of moving pieces with Adesanya and this is like the one downside to the, to like the champ champ stuff is when you're holding up divisions and then you don't know, like it, you just don't know the future of the the fighter. And then also they lose a fight. So like, to be honest, there is something to that. I think where, you know, it might not hurt really in the grand scheme of things, but like if I see Israel and get knocked out by Jan Blahovich at, at two Oh five, I'm not as excited to watch him at one eighty five. Like, mm, okay. you know what I'm, you know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't discredit anything he's done at one eighty five, but you just know that like, it's like, yeah, but if he fights, if you fight some of these guys one weight up, like it, it all, it kind of takes them a little more out of the pound for pound conversation, if that makes sense. Um, because I think, I think that I'm with you, you know what I mean? Cause like the, the real pound for pound guys are guys like, you know, Cejudo and, and, uh, you know, GSP and, and Anderson, these guys who like were going multiple weight classes, Connor McGregor, you know, these guys are going DC going multiple weight classes and proven that they can beat people at higher weights, lower weights, natural weights, whatever. So like, anyways, is once again, my, my mind, like, is like, I think Adesanya should win the fight because I think stylistically he, he, he has the, the kind of fight IQ that he's probably going to win. But yeah, it's a, it's just that power. And then, yeah, there's just, there's just so much to it, man. There's just so much to what could happen and who's next. And because in a perfect world for Teixeira, he would just fight the winner of this fight. Yeah. But once again, but, if it's Adesanya, who knows what happens with Adesanya next. So that's kind of a, kind of a log jam there. Yeah. No, a big time question marks will be coming out of this fight. Maybe, uh, maybe a little less, like you're saying, if Blahovich retains. But uh, main event again, Jan Blahovich, light heavyweight title on the line. Israel Adesanya, man, that's that's it's that's a big time fight. There's no other. I mean, and we can say a lot of other cuss words, but we we'll just leave it at that. Big time fight. Um, split on that one, but uh, I'm really fired up for it, man. Our co-main event, women's featherweight title on the line, Amanda Nunes. The goat, we we both are on the same train. This uh, this animal of a human being, Amanda Nunes, putting that title on the line against Megan Anderson. Uh, man, I don't need a ton of time to tell you what I think is going to happen. I like Megan Anderson, eleven and four, uh, some really impressive finishes along the way. 
but I just I do not bet against Amanda Nunes. You know, she said what she was going to do years before she did it. She was calling for Ronda Rousey when no one wanted to fight Ronda Rousey. Um, she what she has won her last loss to Kat Zingano, 2014. Since then, dubs on top of dubs. Um, I think I think Nunes wins it. I think Nunes could get the finish. I'm going to go ahead and say I think Amanda Nunes with the finish in the fourth round retains. Yeah, I, I think that's a good prediction. Like I was just talking about pound for pound greats and Amanda Nunez is in that conversation as well. Like what she's doing at Bantamweight and at Featherweight. Incredible. Is, yeah, absolutely incredible. And she's taken on literally the best women in the world. So, you know, it's it's impossible for me to pick against Amanda Nunez. I think that Megan Anderson is the right opponent because yep. she's really the only one who she hasn't fought, who, you know, is on any kind of streak. You know, Anderson's won her last two fights. So, like, and Anderson, it, it might be a little interesting because of Anderson's size, because she's, you know, she's tall and she's lank, lanky, like long, you know, she has, she has long reach. So, but the thing is, I just have no reason to believe that Amanda Nunez can't just get on the inside on her too and just do what she's mm-hmm. doing to all these other women. Um, now, her fight with GDR, you know, GDR, you know, landed some good stuff on her. Uh, Felicia Spencer is just tough as hell. Uh, but then you look at just all this other stuff that Nunez has done, just knocking out Holm and Cyborg and Pennington. The only woman that I think really has a chance at Nunez is Shevchenko, but we've already yeah. seen that twice, you know. The but, last you know, one was really close, though. Yeah, last one was a split decision. I mean, that's that's really the only, and, and it's evident, too, because Shevchenko is doing the same thing that Nunez is doing just mm-hmm. at, at flyweight. So it's like, you know, but when they fight each other, Nunez has gotten the better of her. And that just shows how good Nunez is at the end of the day. She's just, I, she's the best female fighter of all time uh, up to this point in time, I think. And I, I just don't see Megan Anderson being able to be the one to, to stop her and, and shout out to Nunez for, I mean, this is the third time in a row that she, Oh no, this is the second time in a row. She's doing the featherweight title. Um, I forgot that yeah, the Duranami fight was a bantamweight, but mm-hmm. Duranami was the featherweight champion. They could have done that at either weight. It really would have made no difference, I guess. But anyways, yeah, I'm going to definitely take Amanda Nunez. 11 straight. We both agree. We think she's going to make it 12. Uh, and you summed it up the best way, man. I think it, there is just we, – we can argue about a couple of things in fighting, no doubt. But – if we're talking female goat, it's Amanda Nunez. There's just no, there's, I, and I love Ronda Rousey, that run she was on, but yep. what Nunez has been able to do, absolutely fucking incredible. The cyborg knockout, 51 seconds in, was a moment like I was just in pure shock and joy for Nunez in that. So, yeah, I, I just, I love Amanda Nunez. Um, I, I hope she, uh, she really puts on another big performance, gets a little money for herself, man. Um, so, uh, on the same page on this one, uh, final fight, uh, Bantamweight title on the line. Peter Yan, Aljamain Sterling. Again, clear-cut number one contender, in my opinion, for right now. Sanhagen's kind of right there, next man up. But um, how do you uh, how do you think this plays out with Aljo and, and Yan, bro? Dude, it's, it's a really tough one to call. This fight's awesome. Uh, Aljamain Sterling is definitely the right title challenger, considering he choked out. Corey Sanhagen yeah. and Corey Sanhagen well, is looking like, like a complete animal. Just absolutely. Cr- oh, yeah. Sorry. I always, it needs to be said one minute, 28 seconds um, performance of the night. What a win. And then like we both agree now, Sanhagen looked great in his last fight, but for that night, that was a flat, that was for the number one contender. And boy, did, uh, did Aljo bring the good stuff. Yeah. And since then Sanhagen, you know, he won, he knocked out Frank Edgar with that, crazy knee um, in the first round. And before that, he knocked out Marlon Marais with like a spinning head kick. So this dude, like Sanhagen's definitely the next challenger. So we're either going to get Sanhagen versus Sterling rematch or we're going to get Sanhagen yawn next. There, mm-hmm. I feel like there's no way they, they should have to make Sanhagen fight anyone else to get a title shot. But the only, the only way that gets screwed up, and I think it would be really 
screwed up if they did this. But the only way they get screwed up is if the UFC actually gives TJ Dillashaw a title shot coming off his oh. suspension. Like, that's the only way that gets screwed up for, for Sandhagen. Um, and I feel like you can't do that. Like, at the at the absolute worst, you have to do Dillashaw versus Sandhagen for a title fight. But you can't just have Dillashaw just no. come back and get a title shot off of that suspension. It just isn't fair. Um, but as far as this fight goes, stylistically, I love it. I think Piotr Jan has looked amazing. Uh, I got on his hype train pretty early on, too. Yep. Uh, Sterling... You know, he has that big head kick loss to Marias. So, like, we've seen him get, you know, his, his bell rung. We haven't seen Jan in any real danger. Um, I got to go with Jan. I just think it's... I just think he's just... I, I don't really know. I, I I have no reason to pick against Jan, I guess, is kind of my point. Like, there's a chance... If it goes to the ground, it could get interesting. Like Sterling has a really good ground game and I could see him working submissions on Yon, but I don't have any reason to really believe he'll get Yon into that kind of spot. So for those reasons, I ha- I'm going to go pure to Yon, uh, but I, I really like this fight. This is definitely the right title fight at Bantamweight right now. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Uh, you said it best again. I, I, I went back and forth. I think, if we see the Aljo we saw against Sandhagen, absolutely, he no doubt could win this fight. But the uh, the the real the headline for this fight would for me would be you know Peter Yan's never he's not given me a, riz, a reason yet to bet against him. Uh, I think he wins this one, like you said. I would not be shocked if he maybe did get a finish, though. I, I'm leaning more towards just a unanimous decision win and a really great performance. Uh, with Peter Yawn retaining that Bantamweight title, man. Um, three big title fights. Um, and, and yeah, man, you're so you're look, leaning towards three retentions, though we agree. Um, all three fights, man. A lot of storylines coming out of it. The the other two on this main card, uh, lightweight division, Islam Mak- Makachev versus yeah. Drew Dober. And then, of course, the lightweight, light heavyweight, Opener, it appears, Tiago Santos, Alexander Rakic. Uh, that's a fucking banger, bro. Uh, what are your thoughts on these two? And then uh, we'll do a kind of a, a skim through the prelims. Um, for uh, Are you talking for Santos and Rakic? Yeah, dude. That, that's a fucking... That, that, I mean, there's a lot of just eye-popping fights on this one, but that's one that kind of you circle thinking that could be a, a performance of the night uh, easily. Oh, yeah, for sure. And this is a fight Tiago Santos really needs to win coming off of two losses. So, you know, I think he's going to be super motivated to go in there and try to get an impressive finish. And in his his most recent fight, you know, obviously his, his fight before was John Jones. And that was so close that you know a lot of people think he won that yep. fight and should have been the champion. But then his next fight was Glover Teixeira. Glover won with a rear naked choke in a fight that I loved because it just showed how gritty Glover is still and just just. I, I just love the fight, but there was parts in that fight where Santos almost finished to share. Like he clocked him good quite a few times. So I think Santos is coming in here to, to really make a statement and Rockage is no joke coming off that win over um, Anthony Smith. His loss to Vulcan Ozdemir was highly debated. That was a really close fight. And I mean, he's looking really good. How He's fairly young too, right? 29. Mm. So, yeah, there's a uh, how old is Santos? Thirty seven. Yeah, geez, he's getting. Up I didn't realize there. he was that old. Well, yeah, he had like a whole uh, a whole career at middleweight before he moved to light heavyweight. I didn't and guess then thirty four. Geez. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Rockage is definitely like the new the new generation, the new breed of uh, of fighters. But that being said, I am going to go Santos because I think he knows how badly he needs this win. And yeah. I think he goes in uh, head hunting and I think he gets the job done, but Rockage is a very good striker. So this is, I like this fight a lot. This, this would have been like a great main event for like a fight night. Yeah, I totally agree. Do uh, you, do you know who Santos last win was over? Santos's last win. Oh yeah. Blahovich. Yeah. yeah. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. So yeah, there's a there's a lot of good kind of stories there at uh, a light heavyweight. So I don't know who you're gonna take in this one. 
I'm actually going Santos. The two losses, man. I mean, this is a guy that there are two losses over Bones and Teixeira, who we agree is the, is, this is the number one contender at light heavyweight. He may not be fighting for the title, but Glover should be that guy. So that's that's two very good losses, if there is such a thing. Uh, and then, yeah, the, his last win over Jan Blahovich, I think Santos gets the win, though. Uh, I'm not, I may sound more confident than I am because of that striking. I mean, this is, like you said, I could see this ending in the first round. could see this being like a banger to, to the final bell. Man, there's a lot of question marks uh, in, in this scrap, man, that, that should start off the uh, the pay-per-view there. Um, before we kind of do a skim over that the, the prelim, give us the, a quick something on that, that last main card fight at lightweight. Um, yeah, Makachev and Dover. This is an interesting one because Makachev, he generally, in most cases, is, you know, recently is getting decision wins, but like they're impressive wins. And he has a great submission game. So he's a he's a very interesting fighter, but Drew Dober, I know he won by knockout in his last one. Who was it against? Oh yeah, it was Alexander Hernandez, and before that it was Nassad Halpcrest, the uh, uh, mini Gasolum. So yeah, Polo Reyes before that TKO. His most recent loss is Benil Dariush, but Dariush is a is a real damn good fighter. That but we talk about him often when he when his fights are coming up. Like he's still kind of under the radar. He's been a good fighter for quite a while. So, yeah, I think Dober just, uh, he's another guy who, he's got to be pretty young too, Dober. 32, he's a little older than I thought he was too. But some of these guys are just deceiving, man. But, uh, yeah, I got to go, I'm going to go Dober. I, if Makachev can secure the takedown, uh, I think it's going to be an easy fight for Makachev. But if Dober can keep it standing, uh, I think Dober could finish him. So I'm going to go Dober, and that's strictly based on my thirst for the entertainment <laughs> of seeing a knockout. That's literally that's literally <laughs> it. But Makachev's wrestling could very well get the job done for him. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with Dober off those last three fights, three straight finishes. First round, first round, second round. Uh, give me Dober in a second round finish. Um Great, great main card. Again, main card for UFC 259 this Saturday. Uh, we're going to do just kind of pick some fights out of this one. I definitely know we're going to talk about Cruz and Kenny. i excited to see Dominic Cruz back in there. He's another one coming off back-to-back losses, though you look at those L's, and it's to Cody Nolove in a fight of the night back in 2016. I can't believe it's been that long. And most recently, May of 2020, the TKO loss to... Henry Cejudo with that bantamweight title on the line. Uh, two uh, two very impressive losses, if I do say so myself. Cruz in there with Casey Kinney, who's on the flip side of this, Stephen Jensen, coming on three wins in a row. Um, I think Dominic Cruz in the cage, uh, the fact that you know those L's are to, to top-notch. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning Dominic Cruz. Um, I know we're going to talk about your thoughts on this one too quickly. Uh, I got, I'm excited about Benavidez and Asker Askarov. I think this could be one that undefeated um, Askarov could, uh, could get the dub man. Um, what, what are your thoughts on those? And then any others you really wanted to, to hammer home? Uh, yeah, man, I'd say like the Cruz and Kenny fights really interesting because Kenny is like, he's, he's a really dangerous opponent for Cruz because He's a tough kid. He has really, really good cardio. And, you know, he can definitely fight for three rounds. So it's like, it's a really tough challenge for for Cruz. And I think Cruz has his back against the wall. You know, his two losses, like you said, it's Garbrandt and Cejudo, both title fights. You know, you can't take that much away from Dominic Cruz for losing to those guys. But he really needs to get this win. Like you do not want to be on a three fight losing streak in the UFC, no matter who you are. And this is a real, this is like a real, uh, it's a real challenge for both guys for completely different reasons. Like for Casey Kenny, this is an opportunity for him to get a big win on a big stage against, you know, arguably the best, you know, Bantamweight in history. And, you know, for Cruz, it's, you know, can I still hang with, you know, the high level, you know, kind of Casey's, you know, around 30 years old, but he's still you know kind of an up and comer. So it's like, yeah. you know, kind of the new generation of guys versus, 
you know, so it's it's a dangerous fight for both. And Kenny has a lot to gain by beating Dominic Cruz. But if he beats Dominic Cruz, like as good as Casey Kenny is, then a lot of questions start really coming up about Cruz, like three fight losing streak. And, you know, can he still hang and, you know, he'll never be a champion again. And should he retire and all this stuff? So I think Cruz really, if Cruz can plans to continue to be like a top level fighter and he's really still wants to be the champion of the world and thinks he can mm-hmm. work his way back to that, he needs to win this fight badly. And I'm going to say he gets the job done here. Um, I'm going to go with Cruz. I, I just, I, I just think he's going to outstrike him and he'll the have footwork, a really good baby. game. Yeah, the footwork. Exactly. I think I'll have a really good game plan. So I'm going to go with Dominic Cruz. But he really needs to win that fight. Big time. Uh, and then for Benavidez and Askarov, gee, I think it's going to be a long night for Joseph Benavidez. Like, <laughs> I'm, like I, I'm just saying, like, you know, Benavidez, Benavidez's last two losses were Figueredo. But, you know, Fig is, we see how great he's become. And obviously they need to run. They're going to run back, you know, Fig and, and Moreno. So, yeah. yep. and that totally makes sense. I'm all for it. Uh, but that being said, Askarov actually has a draw against Marino. Like, that's how good he And he's undefeated outside of that one draw. And that one draw, once again, is Brandon Marino. He's looked really damn good. He's got really nice submissions. He's got some power in his hands. Uh, his last two wins are, are unanimous decisions over Pantoja and Tim Elliott. So I, I honestly, you know, Benavidez is one of the best flyweights of all time he's one of the best fighters the ufc has had that has never won a ufc title if you look at like how he was always perennially ranked like number two in the division like his whole career pretty much but was never the champion uh but he had plenty of opportunities so you know i don't want to take anything away from benavidez when i say this but like i i think oscarov goes out there and he I think he puts a beat down on Benavidez. I think he makes a statement against him and uh, and really gets his name really more out there as a as a real contender at flyweight right now. Yeah, no, that that is a um, it's a hell of a prelim card. We keep talking about it. Anytime you have three title fights, you feel like you could uh, maybe go a little leaner on the prelims. Not this one, man. We we all the way top to bottom. Um, we got Song Yudong on this card. That's a name that you can hear a lot of uh, a lot of more people talking about. Tim Elliott, Jordan es- Espinosa on the early prelims, and uh, Sean Brady, Jake Matthews also on the early prelims. Um, of course, the prelim cards on ESPN. The main card you got to pay for in that pay per view. Um, good shit, man. Any any else of these prelim uh, fights that you really wanted to to have anyone circle um, listening right now? Yeah, I mean, Sean Brady and Jake Matthews should be really good. Uh, Matthews has been good for a while in the UFC, and Brady's undefeated. So I, I like that fight a lot. Um, and I think Matthews is on a win streak, too. He's probably won his last few in a row. Um, yeah, he's won his last three. His last one is Diego Sanchez. So I, I really like that fight. I like Tim Elliott and Espinosa because, you know, this is a fight where – you know, they're they're guys who aren't going to be the flyweight champion of the world, but they're guys who fight a lot of like Tim Elliott's fought for the title before. But like the two guys that are still very important to the flyweight division and they're going to put on exciting fights. Um, what else was on here? Uh, Kai Kara France being on the same card as Adesanya. Um, I always like seeing that because they train together. So it's just a little little uh, kind of. I don't know, cherry on top or whatever. I, I like seeing cards where people who train together are fighting on the same shows every yeah. now and then. I think it's pretty Stay. cool. So, yeah. Um, so that's it in the end. Song Yudong, I like him too. Uh, what was his last fight? Oh, yeah, his last one was Marlon Vera. And yeah, he's on a run. So Song Yudong, really, really stacked show from top to bottom, from from the main card down to the prelims. Like, th- this is the kind of show we talked about it plenty of times before and we really talked about it a lot uh for the last pay-per-view the uh the um usman and burns card mm-hmm. about shelling out the money for pay-per-view well this one this one's worth the money this is a show that is definitely worth the 70 dollars or whatever it costs uh to, to order 
this is for sure. And the next pay-per-view too, that we'll talk about in a couple weeks, you know, this is a stacked pay-per-view that looks like it's going to be worth every cent, every penny. So yeah, check it out. Check it out. Like I said, prelims on ESPN, early prelims on ESPN plus the main event, of course, main card, all that will be on ESPN plus as well. That PP view, man, next week we'll be back talking about, of course, UFC 259, what we were right, what we were wrong about, and uh, preview a little bit of this UFC fight night in a couple of weeks, headlined by Leon Edwards and Bilal Muhammad, man. Um, we did it again, another uh, jacked week. Uh, I'm uh, I'm John Mosley, of course. If you feel so inclined, follow me over at MosKOBK on Twitter. Always, always, always happy to be here, Stephen Jensen. Thanks, man. I'm always happy to have you on here, and... Love uh, doing these shows, and it's fun to talk about MMA. And make sure that you all support Jumpin' Johnny Mosley by watching some New South Pro Wrestling this weekend on Friday and Saturday night, live on live on independentwrestling.tv. And if you want to watch the show for free, use code FIGHTTALK, F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K. And that's all one word, no space. Just put it in there, and you'll get five days for free of independentwrestling.tv service. So... Support IWTV, support our friends over there, and watch some great professional wrestling. I do promise it. you'll enjoy it. Hell yeah, do it. And uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Fight Talk underscore, F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. I'll keep my stuff updated there and kind of what I'm up to this week. Uh, tomorrow, I'll be having Issa, who's known as the Demon Diva, on the, uh, the live chat on YouTube. So we're doing that tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern for anyone who hears this beforehand. So it'll be me and her just talking about pro wrestling, and that'll be on Jesse Davin's YouTube channel. So that's J-S-S-I-D-A-V-I-N. So if you want to chat along with us live, do that tomorrow at 1 p.m. And then tomorrow night, I'll be on Fightful's Twitch channel for the weekly Impact Wrestling Watch Along. So it'll be myself, Joel Pearl, and I think Jeremy Lambert will be there. So it'll be the three of us, and we have Impact Wrestling live on the channel and you can watch the show live and we're just in there talking about wrestling and uh you know talking to the chat and stuff throughout the show it's a lot of fun and you can watch that for free over at twitch.tv slash fightful gaming that'll be tomorrow when impact wrestling starts we usually go live around 7 45 eastern time so uh so yeah check that stuff out all things mma for mixed martial arts youtube videos and Make sure to subscribe to this Fight Talk podcast feed. If you're hearing the audio version of this, make sure to subscribe, follow, good ratings, good reviews, all that stuff, thumbs ups, whatever is available. All that stuff really helps the show out. So check all that out. Do all that for us. It's much appreciated. Fight Talk podcast merchandise, whatamaneuver.net. Just search for Fight Talk podcast. I don't know. That's probably enough plugs for this week. Any, you got anything left, John? Oh, yeah. Johnny, jump at Johnny Mosley. No, uh, if you haven't heard, fucking hit that. Promo code, watch all IWTV, buy a shirt, do it all. Yes, buy the merch, use the code. We'll see y'all next time, next Monday, talking some mixed martial arts right here on the Fight Talk Podcast.